who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for the service under the resources tab, and you may also see options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Uh, I've got a number of announcements to share with you all before we begin worship today. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday is our evening prayer service. Evening prayer is a, is a brief, mostly sung time of worship and prayer that takes place in our prayer chapel. Service starts at 6 p.m. on that Wednesday. Uh, please join us for evening prayer this upcoming Wednesday night. Chapel's Life Team invites you to a pizza lunch after the late service next Sunday, August 6th. Uh, while you're enjoying your pizza, uh, we will be showing a short two-part video series produced by Focus on the Family that gives us some ideas on how to discuss our life-affirming views with other people. Uh, please sign up at the Welcome Center so we can prepare uh, how much, well, we can know how much food to prepare, and more information about that is in your chapel weekly. Also, uh, same time, actually, same day, next Sunday, August 6th, we will be holding a member orientation after this late service. That is especially for newer members of Chapel of the Cross, but it is really for anybody who would like to come and know more a little bit about your church. Uh, those who attend will enjoy a light lunch, uh, learn about the ministry of Chapel of the Cross, meet all the staff, have a chance to ask any questions that you might have, and then take a walking tour of the facility. So please join us at the Welcome Center. Uh, uh, please sign up, I'm sorry, at the Welcome Center as we, so we know how many to prepare for, for that too. This weekend is the last weekend that we will be gathering funds to match our children's VBS mission project. So if you remember, uh, the VBS kids challenged our congregation to match what they gave toward their mission fund. So they gave around $150 uh, for water filters that will be distributed in Malawi, Africa, so people can, can have safe water to drink. Well, you didn't just match that gift. You, you went over and beyond. Um, over $3,000 has been given so far by chapel members. So thank you so very much for your generosity. If you would still like to give, uh, please do so today. Just mark your gift, VBS Mission Project, and place that in the offering plate or drop that in the church office. Our LAMP mission team is, is uh, on their way back home. So uh, today they, they stayed in Winnipeg and they'll be leaving today and going across the border back into the United States. After a wonderful week of serving two Northern Canadian communities, leading VBS for children in Brochet and Lynn Lake, our team is scheduled to arrive back here in St. Louis tomorrow night. So if you could uh, continue to pray for them, especially uh, for safety and travel. The August Walking Together in the Word devotional is printed and that's available for you to pick up at the Welcome Center. That's kind of a dark pink colored cover uh, so you can see where that is. You may pick up a copy and, and take that and use that all month for your devotions this month. And right near there, you will notice several boxes of sweet corn, fresh sweet corn. Uh, that was a donation to the church for anybody who would like to, to take that home and cook it. Uh, feel free to take as much as you like. There were, there were eight cases. I think we're down to four and a half now. So if we can uh, have that all taken and, and consumed, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. And we thank our donors for giving us that corn. This morning, we have the special opportunity and the special blessing to witness the rite of confirmation, as well as to welcome to Chapel of the Cross new members who have recently joined our church. That confirmation, that welcoming of members will take place a little later in the service this morning after the creed. Uh, and we will have a light reception as well after church uh, to welcome and, and gather together with our, with our new members. And Ryan Meyer has an announcement to share with the congregation this morning. Ryan.
Good morning. On July 11th, I officially received a call to serve as music director at Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Waconia, Minnesota. After prayerfully considering both my current call here to Chapel of the Cross and the call to Trinity, uh, we feel that the Lord had made his will very clear for us. And so we have decided to decline the call to Minnesota. We are very thankful for the kind words and the prayers from so many of you over the past several weeks. It has truly been a blessing to serve here at Chapel of the Cross for the last 19 years. And I would ask for your continued prayers for us and for the rest of our church staff as uh, we go forward in ministry together. So thank you all again and blessings as we worship together this morning. Thanks, Ryan. We will continue to keep it, keep you in our prayers and your family. And, and uh, as you can tell, we're very, very pleased that you'll be staying with us here at chapel. Please also keep Trinity Lutheran and Waconia in your prayers as they now continue their search for a, for a new director of parish music. Our elder for this weekend is Jay's Virgins. Jay is right here in the front. He's going to move to the back after church and greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Jay as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together today. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our opening hymn.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed, Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have despised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you make your power known by showing mercy. Grant us your grace always to enjoy your heavenly treasure, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 
Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the seventh chapter of Deuteronomy. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you because you chose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he, he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the eighth chapter of Romans. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In those he predestined, he also called. Those who called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, was raised from to life at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. We shall separate us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep or the sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. And we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, or any powers, Neither height or death nor anything that is all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Alleluia in verse. Thank you. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our following sermon hymn. We will only sing verses 1, 3, 4, and 5.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may have noticed over the last three weekends, the epistle reading has been a portion of Romans chapter 8. Now, Romans chapter 8 has been referred to by some as the greatest chapter in all of Scripture. <laughs> That's saying something, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of good chapters in Scripture. But there is perhaps no other place that contains such a vivid picture, an overwhelming account of who God is and all that God has done for us in Christ than here in Romans chapter 8. In those beautiful words, St. Paul gives hope and he gives peace and he gives rest and he gives joy because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the selection of verses from Romans chapter 8 appointed for today are, I would say, some of the greatest verses of that greatest chapter of all of Scripture. Here again, just a, a portion of that text, Romans 8, beginning at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I was probably about six, maybe seven years old and we were at the Brookfield Zoo in suburban Chicago. And I was incredibly excited to be there at the zoo, to see all the animals, of course. I remember we were outside right by the outdoor monkey exhibit, and remember that very clearly. And I was supposed to be with my parents, and my sisters, and my cousins. But I wasn't. I looked all around me, and to my horror, I realized that I was somehow utterly alone. That's not such a big deal for an adult, but when you're six, seven years old, that's a little traumatic. I mean, almost 50 years later, I still vividly recall the feelings I had. I, I always remember that story when I think about getting lost, just feelings of fear, feelings of panic, feelings of abandonment. Where are my parents? Where are my sisters? Don't they love me? And it wasn't their fault. I mean, as, as much as I would like to blame my sisters for something like that, it wasn't their fault. I was the one who wandered off. I was the one who, got, who had gotten lost. But those feelings were very, very real. I was separated from the ones I loved and from the ones who loved me. And that was not a good feeling. Perhaps you have felt that way before too, that feeling of abandonment, that feeling of, of separation. In fact, it's probably something that we feel sometimes even in our relationship with our God. Especially during times of trouble or during times of difficulty. And I think we wonder sometimes if God has maybe abandoned us. We wonder sometimes if God still loves us. And I think that, that begs the question, can he abandon us? Will he? Will he abandon us? Is there anything that we can do or something that can happen to us that will separate us from him? Will he ever stop loving us? Can, can anything break us away from that grip of his love? Paul asked the question too. 
It's a good question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? You know, those verses are read quite often at funerals because they seem to express a thought that is often on our minds at a time like that. Does God still love me? Why, why did he let my loved one die? What do I do now that my spouse is gone? And that, that sting of separation that is all around us and it can make us wonder, where's God? Does he love me? And sometimes that separation, that can be kind of just this long process. I have visited many a member of Chapel of the Cross that had experienced one difficult separation after another. Separated from a spouse by death, separated from a home by ill health, separated from possessions because of the cost of maintaining them, separated from the ability to take care of one's own body. Just one painful separation after another. And the sting of separation often can make one wonder, where, where is God in all this? Does God still love me? Sometimes separation is, is not a long process. Sometimes it's slow, but sometimes that painful separation is quick. I have visited many a member of Chapel of the Cross who have experienced that quick, painful separation from a heart attack, a stroke, an aneurysm, an accident. And that quick, painful separation can often make us wonder, oh, where is God in all this? Does God still love me? Death of a loved one is, is hardly the only event in our lives that makes us wonder that, wonder about God's love for us. It's not only death that's hard. Life itself can be very, very hard, can it? I mean, look at St. Paul's list that he gives to us. Difficult times in the lives of a believer. Can it separate us from the love of God? You look at his list. What about trouble? King James Version says tribulation. I kind of like that word better. Can tribulation separate us from God's love? Can hard circumstances in our lives, pressing down on us 24-7, tear us away from Christ? Or perhaps a job has been lost or severe sickness has touched our family or strength is just gone. Or how about hardship? Had any hardships lately? If you had to endure pain or loneliness or stress, it can be awful. But can it separate us from the love of God? Can persecution separate us from his love? You know, maybe we have not faced the kind of relentless persecution that other Christians in our world face in places like North Korea or Yemen or Somalia, but we're certainly at least, I think, familiar with some at least subtle persecution for our faith. Being shunned or being laughed at or being ignored or being labeled, being stereotyped. Can that separate us from God's love? What about famine, nakedness, danger, 
Hunger is a terrible thing. And you think it might not happen in our country. It does happen in our country and all over the world. Some are so poor in our world as to be unable to buy just clothes to cover their body. In some places, being a Christian means that you have to face the dangers of arrest or imprisonment. And what about the sword? Death. What about murder and execution? Do you know that today it's estimated that as many as 90,000 Christians are killed worldwide every year simply because they believe in Jesus? Can, can death separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Paul asks the question, and Paul gives the answer. The answer is crystal clear, and that answer is powerful, and that answer is strong. Can trouble separate us from God's love? Paul says, no. <laughs> can can, can per- persecution separate us from the love of God? Absolutely not. How about famine or nakedness or danger? No, Paul says, it cannot. Can death separate us from the love of God? No. Thank you, Matthew. Not even death can separate us from the love of God. In fact, Paul says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. (laughs) And you know, Paul is speaking from experience here. To say say that Paul suffered for the faith, that is an extreme understatement. Paul suffered that whole list that he talked about and a whole lot more. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prisons more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Do you want to trade places with Paul? I wouldn't. I wouldn't, not in a million years. And yet, yet this is the guy, after all that, who writes, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if anybody should know, Paul should know. And he says, we're not just mere conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are super conquerors because we have been loved. Because we are loved by Christ the crucified. Now let me ask you, do you feel like you are more than a conqueror? Do you feel like a super conqueror? I mean, through, through Christ, have you conquered the devil and the world and all the evil stuff going on in life? And we, we all should say, well, yes, of course, that's me. We don't always feel that way, do we? Now, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who does not feel like a conqueror all the time, let alone a super conqueror. In fact, instead of conquering, a lot of times, I think a lot of us feel we're just, we're just surviving, just treading water. And with all the, 
all the awful things happening in our world. It's hard to sense that we've conquered really anything. Just turn on the news and you see it. Out of control fires in Greece. Bombs raining down in Ukraine. A military coup in Niger. Children left at our country's border. Gun violence all over our city. There's kidnappings and murders and rapes and abortions and so many other things that we seemingly have no control over. Are, are we more than conquerors? Or are we just surviving? And then you take a look at our own lives. I mean, there can be some pretty, pretty awful things going on in our lives there too, can't there be? Sickness and death and financial trouble and job loss and family trouble and relationship problems. And when it hits home like that, it can often seem like we are not conquerors at all. I mean, we're just, just surviving, just treading water. Well, I know that you and I might be in the midst of horrible circumstances in this world. And we might have some pretty awful things even going on in our own lives. We might not feel like we're conquerors at all. We feel like we're just surviving. And, and yet, and yet, you and I know the answer to that question, where is God in all this? We know the answer to that question, does God still love me? We know our circumstances, that our circumstances, our situation in our lives do not dictate if God is there for us. That does not dictate if God loves us or not. Jesus says, let me make myself perfectly clear. Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And St. Paul says, let me make myself perfectly clear too. Nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, maybe, maybe one way to think about that, living in that truth that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, is this. Live like a person anticipating Christmas. I'll edit that. Live like a child anticipating Christmas. And when you anticipate Christmas, when a child anticipates Christmas, what do you expect to happen on Christmas? There will be gifts, right? Paul is saying in Romans chapter 8, there will be gifts. Live in anticipation of those gifts. We see by faith the victory that is ours in Christ. Oh, what a gift. God shows us in his word the Savior and that victory won for us on Calvary, that victory won for us in that open and empty Easter grave. Those are gifts of grace. We see, like St. Paul says, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we realize that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God loves us with a love that will not let us go. He loves us with a love that never runs out, that never gets tired, that is not selective, that is not prejudiced. Nothing, literally nothing in all creation, not even our own sin, nothing can keep God from loving us. Is that a gift? Oh, that is a gift. So, we are not just survivors. We're not just treading water. 
We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are super conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors because nothing can separate us from our God and from his love. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed that's printed for you on page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. The only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life for the world to come. Amen. Congregation may be seated at this time. I ask Annette to come forward for your confirmation. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And that you have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your heart, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. And that do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? So answer, yes, I do. And these are for her. I'm going to get to you in a minute, Herb, okay? <laughs> Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? If so, answer, yes, I renounce them. Yes, I renounce them. 
Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? If so, answer, yes, I believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? If so, answer, I do. I do. do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? If so, answer, I do by the grace of God. I do by the grace of God. Do you intend to live according to the word of God? and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? If so, answer, I do by the grace of God. I do by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? If so, answer, I do by the grace of God. We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and have been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Maybe Neil. Annette Mason, the almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace, to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, in the waters of holy baptism, you have united your child in the suffering and the death of your son, Jesus Christ, cleansing her by his blood. Renew in her the gift of your Holy Spirit, that she may live in daily contrition and repentance with a faith that ever clings to her Savior. Deliver her from the power of Satan and preserve her from false and dangerous doctrines that she may remain faithful in hearing Christ's word and receive his body and blood. By the Lord's Supper, strengthen her to believe that no one can make satisfaction for sin but Christ alone. Enable her to find joy and comfort only in him, learning from this sacrament to love you and, their neighbor, and her neighbor and to bear her cross with patience and joy until the day of the resurrection of, their, of her body to life immortal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace be with you, Annette. Amen. Thank you. Now, you may turn around so everybody can see you. We welcome Annette and welcome her as a confirmed member. At this time, if, if our newer members can come forward and, and join Annette and Herbert and... and uh, and uh, we will receive our new members as well. Now I'll be asking you a lot of those same questions I just asked Annette, but you don't have to kneel, so if you have bad knees, then, then you're good, okay? <laughs> Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. 
Do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God has given to you in your baptisms? If so, answer, yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? If so, answer, yes, I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? If so, answer, yes, I believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe in God our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God and the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from them and confessed in the small catechism to be faithful and true? If so, answer, I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? If so, answer, I do by the grace of God. I do by the grace of God. Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? If so, answer, I do by the grace of God. I do by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? If so, answer, I do, by the grace of God. I do, by the grace of God. Do you desire to become a member of this congregation? If so, answer, I do. I do. Will you support the work of, that our gracious Lord has given this congregation with your prayers and with your gifts that God has given to you? If so, answer, I will, with the help of God. Upon this, your confession of faith, I acknowledge publicly that you are members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation. Receive the Lord's Supper and participate with us in all the blessings of salvation that our Lord has given to his church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your sons and daughters, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that by your word and spirit they may continue steadfast in the one true faith and the fellowship of this congregation, as together we await the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, can you all turn around so everybody can see you? We welcome our new members to chapel. Thank you all. You may return to your seats. We stand for the prayer of the church. pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, you continually feed your people. Not only do you give us food to nourish our bodies, you also feed our souls with the word of God. For blessing us so richly, we give you our thanks. We also thank you along with our LAMP team for a wonderful week of ministry in northern Canada as they are on the final leg of their, of their journey home. Give them your traveling mercies and bring them home safely. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Lord God, grant us always to work for the food that endures to eternal life. Bless the ministry of this congregation in our community so that many may embrace Jesus as the Christ and believe in Him as Lord and Savior. As we begin the final week of summer camp here at chapel, we thank you for the summer camp ministry, for the children who attended this summer, and for the counselors, volunteers, and directors who serve. As your gospel is proclaimed, we ask that your Holy Spirit work powerfully in the hearts of those who hear. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, you gave your Son into the flesh to experience hatred and violence and to conquer them with his unfailing love. Remember your children, our brothers and sisters around the world, who suffer now for the sake of the Christ. Strengthen them and give them grace to entrust themselves into your loving care, knowing that you will never leave them or forsake them. Bring an end to bloodshed and violence and open the hearts of your people in all places to stand with these hurting members of Christ's body. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for the delegates and leaders of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod as they meet in convention this week. Give them faithfulness to to you and a zeal to bring the gospel of Jesus' salvation to all people. Direct them to decisions that bring glory to you. Strengthen your church. Unite us in truth. Proclaim your salvation and show mercy to our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we thank you that you have led Ryan Meyer to continue the ministry you have called him to do here at Chapel of the Cross. Continue to bless him with all he needs to serve you and your people to the glory of your holy name. And we ask that you bless our brothers and sisters at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waconia, Minnesota, as they continue their search for a director of parish music. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, bestow your power of healing upon the sick, especially Ellen Bauer, Mrs. Boshert, Bob Cresselius, Melu Martin, Billy Nelson, Michael and Stacy Wingen, and Terry Zavirgins. We also pray for others who need your healing, touch, whom we now name before you in our hearts. Strengthen the faith of all for whom we pray. Assure them of your presence in all circumstances and grant them finally life and eternal with you. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, give comfort to all who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Elsie Meyer who died in the Lord this past Monday, and Arnie Rimkin and his family upon the death of his sister Lillian Schmidt this past Friday. Fill them with that great hope in the promised resurrection of all believers. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we know that all good gifts come from you. 
We give thanks with all who are celebrating the blessing of wedding anniversaries, especially David and Doris Agers, as they celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary this week. Continue to keep them in your love and care. We also give you thanks for the newly confirmed and those who have been received into membership here at Chapel of the Cross. We praise you for igniting faith in their hearts, making faith grow and mature, and giving them boldness to declare their faith in your Son. Keep their faith strong in you, always looking to your word for comfort, peace, and guidance. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated as we gather the offering for the Lord.
Please stand as we sing our offertory together. with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who kept all your gracious promises, who died for the sins of the whole world, and from whom nothing in all creation can separate us. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. 